When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sometimes it's good to be bad. And in the case of Disney's incredible rogues gallery of animated villains, being bad is very, very good. In its nearly 100 years of filmmaking, the Walt Disney Company has introduced some of the most iconic big screen baddies of all time. In some cases, the villains even outshine their heroic counterparts. With that in mind, the great pop culture debate sought out to answer this question. Who is the best Disney villain of all time? I sold my soul to a sea witch and all I got was this lousy podcast. I'm your host, Eric Resniak. Please help me welcome my panel of Disney fanatics. Stand back, you fools. Amy Pilot was invited to this party. Ha ha ha. Thank you for having me. Welcome back, Amy. Be prepared for sensational news. Bob Erlenbach is here. If you stay prepared, you don't have to get prepared. Mm-hmm. And off with his head, it's Michael Schwartz. <gasps> Eric, I've never had a complaint about my head before. Is that head cut or uncut? Mm, wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> hmm. So before we get into the debate, how does this work? We made a poll of just about every Disney animated villain you could think of. For the purposes of this episode, we are limiting things to strictly animated villains, no live action, and they needed to be villains from the movies, not TV shows or animated shorts. Nearly 80 people took the poll, we tallied their votes, ranked them by popularity, and added them to a bracket. Now we argue about it and insult each other, all for your amusement. Want to play along at home? You can. Head to greatpopculturedebate.com and go to polls and brackets. There you'll find the downloadable listener brackets for this and every episode of our little show. Do your picks match up with our own? Do you think we've gone from hero to zero? Let us know by dropping a comment on this episode at our website or by yelling at us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And lastly, if you're curious about how we went from the top 32 down to the Sweet 16, become a Patreon supporter of our podcast. Our Patreons at the $5 level or higher get exclusive access to the warm-up slash part one for each episode, in which we work our way through all of round one. It's like a whole bonus episode for each topic and includes arguments you won't hear anywhere else. And it's also one of only one of our great Patreon perks, so consider supporting us on Patreon today. With that out of the way, let's see if we're all friends on the other side and dive into the debate. First up, we had a unanimous decision by our panel to advance ultimate number one seed Ursula from The Little Mermaid over five seed Mother Gothel from Tangled. Does anyone want to say anything about Gothel before we get her out of our hair? Michael? She is fantastic. Now, there's not anybody in the universe that could probably stand up against Ursula in this case, but Mother Gothel just gives us that great, like, narcissistic, all-about-me, maniacal um, villainous that we expect from a good Disney character. And, you know, Tangled was that first, that that step into the retelling of stories that Disney was doing that eventually gave us, like, Frozen as well. But Mother Gothel is just, like, she makes me smile every time that she comes up. And, you know, and every time I watch Tangle, I just, like, I like her well, okay, Flynn Rider, but that's another story. Mm, yes. Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, the most debonair villain, Disney quote-unquote villain that there is out there. But Mother Gothel, she just takes the cake in that movie so well. 
I mean, narcissistic, uh, a woman with a plan. I feel like you're talking about me. I feel very seen right now. But um, yeah, I, I don't consider Flynn, by the way, a villain. I think he's a rogue, a dashing yes. rogue. But um, uh, there you have it. Yeah, I mean, Gothel is great. She's just up against Ursula. And uh, sorry, there, there's there's nothing you can do there. So next up, three quarters of us preferred the pirate life of two-seed Captain Hook from Peter Pan to the draggy lunacy of Isma from The Emperor's New Groove, a three-seed. Michael, why do you yearn for Isma? And I will find my sea legs and stump for Hook. Go ahead, Michael. Okay. Isma. Literally, Eartha Kit. I mean, she just gives this such an amazing performance in this show, you know, and like not to discount Hook. He is an amazing, he's an original Disney villain, you know, very early on goes in that classic Disney sense. But Yzma gives us that, you know, very different feel in The Emperor's New Groove. She's a funny villainess, you know, she really is after all of that power and she just wants to be in charge of everything. Um, I think that like especially playing off of her her sidekick there, I think that they make a great combination of characters that give us such a, a warm, like, I want to love these villains that we start to get in these later Disney films. Because the early Disney films, nobody wants to like the villain. That doesn't come along until we're into the Disney Renaissance where we start to want to like some of the villains that are out there. But And I think that Isma um, and Kronk do that together. They make such a great pair, um, like funny versus straight man kind of thing, that Isma really deserves a place in the Disney pantheon of villains. It's interesting that you point out that we didn't start to really like the villains until the Disney Renaissance. And I, I'm trying to think back like pre- Pre, like, uh, I'm thinking Little Mermaid. And I do think mm. there's truth. That, can anyone think of an example where there is an earlier villain that you did kind of root for? I can think of, obviously, there's some now that you think back on. It's like, well, of course you root for Maleficent, right? Sure. Back then you probably didn't. But now, you know, in, in 2020 and plus, and, and from here going forward, like, fabulous. But um, no, I, I can't think of any. Right. They didn't start to humanize their villains until the Disney re- Renaissance. They were strictly just supposed to be archetypal, archetypal evil people that you didn't want to have anything to do with. And then when you get the Disney Renaissance um, with Beauty and the Beast, with Little Mermaid, with Pocahontas, where that you actually can identify some characteristic about the, char- the, e- the evil villain that makes them feel a little bit more human. Amy, can you think of any examples? Well, the only one I would argue is actually Captain Hook and and Smee. Like, his sidekick was lovable. I mean, like, Mm. so they are fun characters in Peter Pan. He's certainly evil, but there's, but you also feel bad for him when he's getting chased around by an alligator. Like, so I I think that he, he crosses that line too earlier on. Yeah, it's funny because I'm actually the one who's supposed to be defending Captain Hook. I just forgot that for a second. Um, but one of the, the the points that I had made is he actually is kind of, uh, by the end of it, a little bit of a, of a tragic character in that, like, the alligator is coming for him. And he has this terror, like, this utter fear of this of this alligator. Um, but he's also, like, a fop. And he's a dandy. And, like, he shouldn't be threatening. But he's actually very threatening. Like, uh, unlike, uh, and, and nothing against Isma and, and Kronk. I do love them. I think Michael makes great points. Point that together as a unit, they're they they work so well together. I think Yzma by herself really doesn't have any type of threatening element to her. She's just kind of 
there. I mean, she's fabulous, but she's not someone that I'm, you know, concerned about. Um, whereas Hook can actually take someone out. He's got, you know, the hand, he's got the sword. Um, he has just a dashing sense of fashion. Um, <laughs> so uh, I think he is someone that it it, it 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 makes sense that Peter is concerned about. I mean, he's, he kidnaps Tiger Lily. He he runs the kid off the plank, correct? It's been a long time since I've seen Peter. No, absolutely. Peter. Like he gets it mostly done. Um, but by the end, he actually, you kind of do feel sorry for the guy because he's being tormented by this goddamn crocodile with the clock inside of it. I mean, that's great. So in terms of running around for vi- for votes, Bob, where are you on this? I actually kind of disagree with you. And I think that this pairing here with Isma and, and Hook, I, I think they're both very similar in the fact that I never found either of them really threatening throughout the, the entirety of their films. I, I never really thought that either of them would ever succeed, never never felt threatened in that way to think, oh, this is actually going to happen. Um, where I think that kind of Hook and Isma are very similar in that way. I think Hook is kind of the original classic that that an Isma could be modeled after in, in that future film, right? So I think always going with the classic, going with the, he's such a well-designed character. He's so interesting to look at. I, I know that she is too, but when you add that along with the along with the voice talent that they had there, um, well acted and and you know I just think that it's really something that that can't be denied is really the classic and really one of the one of the villains that would have paved the way for future films. So I really have to give it to, to Captain Hook in this one. I will point out that I, I find a fault in my own argument in that when I say he's threatening, I do think that the Hook in the Peter Pan cartoon movie is threatening in that he actually does achieve a lot of his goals. But when I think of mostly the threatening, I'm thinking of Hook, the movie with Dustin Hoffman, mm. who's genuinely terrifying in parts of that movie. Rufio. Um, <laughs> justice for Rufio. <laughs> justice but, for Rufio. <laughs> but I, I, I'm still staying with Captain Hook on this one. Amy, where are you? I just think that Hook is the more prominent character in the Disney world and has to move forward. Okay. And Michael, you're sticking with Isma. I'm just going to say you're all completely wrong, and I can't wait till the Twitterverse comes for all of you. That's fine. I welcome it. Bring it. Bring it on. Um, another unanimous decision from our panel, with one seed Scar from The Lion King devouring five seed Lotso Hug and Bear from Toy Story 3. In part one, we did discuss how Lotso is a genuinely threatening villain, and it looked like he could actually win. Uh, so I did want to make sure that uh, you're checking that out. But I, I did want to mention in our actual main episode that, Bob, you just said it, like at no point in Peter Pan did I ever, or in Emperor's New Groove, did I ever think that the villains could possibly win. There is that moment in Toy Story 3 where you genuinely think think that lots of hug and bear is oh, going to get them 100 oh. and so you have to speak on what a, a great character and great villain he is there but it's up against scar and that's yeah. what, like mm-hmm. uh, it's it's again kind of like that ursula versus uh, whoever she's mother, mother gothel great characters just the luck of the draw and i think those are both one seeds that deserve to skate by in my opinion yeah that lots of hugging bear that that scene in toy story you're literally watching that movie and you're thinking is disney really about to do this like is yeah. this really about to happen because yeah. this is terrifying and you tell that story i know you took addison i think right yeah your, your niece to see it and she was just like oh i'm uncle eric what's happening yeah so. it's true uh but you know what disney has really done a great job traumatizing our next generation for for decades <laughs> now so why stop there 
Uh, next up, original villain, Evil Queen from Snow White, a three seed, had no problem canceling the thunder from Down Under, Hades from Hercules, a two seed. So that's a unanimous vision, or excuse me, a unanimous victory. But Amy, you wanted to talk about the importance of Hades in the overall I, Disney villain pantheon. I, I do think that it's worth just the note. Um, and I, uh, just as we referenced Hook, while all of these were based on the animated films, I think you have to take into consideration into some of these when you think about them, how Disney has adopted these characters and who who they consider to be their villains. And Hades certainly is one of them who is part of the marketing campaign when they talk about Disney villains. And he makes it into the Descendants films um, and and is a pri- primary character in Descendants 3. So I, and actually, ironically, um, is Mal's dad. So um, Disney has decided that Hades and Maleficent were Ooh. once were once an item, um, which I think is, I mean, that's a whole nother whole nother episode um that we could talk about that but i think that he is an interesting character i do think that this was like that weird time of disney animation where they were looking at different stories that they could retell and they took a gamble on um on the greek mythology i'm I'm still not sure that as a movie as a whole as if we look at that film if you look at hercules it's definitely not in my mind one of the best but he's an incredible character so um very scary but funny um and i think also plays into that like kind of between where you like him he's enjoyable but he's scary with that said evil queen hands down has to move forward absolutely she's serving and she always has been i will say this for um Hercules is a film. And if you listen to our best Disney animated feature episode, it was literally the first episode we ever did. Amy was Mm -hmm. on that. Michael, were you on that too? I was on that too. Yeah. Um, Bob was not. I'm sorry, Bob. Um, (laughs) I can tell how sad he is. Um, But you're here now. I'm so glad to have you. Mm -hmm. Um, But we did talk about, I think Hercules, if you look at the Disney animated films that were geared towards boys, I think Hercules is the Mm. most successful of them personally. I think it's... um, Mm really fun the music is great and i do think the fates for god's sake the fates the fates and they're allegedly doing the live action version and and they better nail those fates that's all if i have to watch one more random youtube video of some broadway star singing go the distance (laughs) at some alan menken night (laughs) no no what you really need to search is that there is a horrific youtube video of five white women trying to sing the fates it is cringeworthy you can't take your eyes off it. no no. Well, um, we're going to find that and we'll put it up on our uh, Instagram. So make sure you follow us for that. Uh, next up, three quarters of the panel wanted the dog days to continue for one seed Cruella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians, while Amy preferred the cold calculated Lady Tremaine from Cinderella, a four seed. Amy, why is this evil stepmother the ultimate social climber? And Bob, why does Cruella hit the spot for you? I'm going to have Bob go first. So when it comes to Cruella, like, I don't know how you can do much better than this. You know, I... You look at her, she's fabulous, she loves furs, she lives for furs, Mm. she worships furs. Um, This is drag excellence. (laughs) She's fabulous. She has that cloud of green smoke that's always following her around. She's just, she appears as though she's completely coked out of her mind (laughs) 24-7. She gets crazy eyes. She drives people off of the road with her car. She's about as evil as you could possibly get, you know. You know, when I think about her against somebody like, um, like Lady Tremaine, you know, I she's 
Lady Tremaine's very boring for me. She's, I, I won't, argue, I won't argue for her. I'll let, you know, I'll let Amy take that. But, you know, when it comes to these two up against one another, Cruella has to take it. She's just, there's just too much fabulous and there's just too much going on there. And so interesting that you know, she just outclasses Lady Tremaine any day of the week. So. All right, Amy Pilot, what do you got for me? Lady Tremaine gives stepmothers Mm. a bad name for the rest of eternity. Mm. Like, I think that she is the marker in why people don't just don't like their stepmoms. Like, it's just, she is culture. Um, And she has created that dynamic. She's awful. She's an awful, awful person. And one of the things I find interesting about her um, in the Disney universe, she has no magical powers. Mm. They are just like, here you go. She's a bitch. She's a terrible, <laughs> awful bitch. And like, she can ruin your life with nothing. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You have a fairy godmother. That's great. You could turn pumpkins into carriages. That's great. She's that awful that she could still take you down for most of it. Um, so I just and and she's raising bitches. Like she's <laughs> she's creating a whole world of awful villains and she has offspring who are going to bring that on and and keep it going forward. She's I mean that's that to me she's just a terrible villain. She is truly she's a that's it. She's a villain. There was nothing else to say. She there's there, I I I I'm done. <laughs> I would say that the stepsisters are bigger villains than she is in that in that film. They're they're worse than than Lady Tremaine because I, they physically bully her. Yes, yeah. they're more threatening. I mean, they the the girl puts on a necklace, they break it. Like it, the, Lady Tremaine has her scrubbing floors, and I I don't know if she. I grew up thinking that like I never wanted a stepmother and here I am at 37 years old and have an incredible relationship with my stepmother. And and so, but I had to overcome Lady Tremaine to get there. (laughs) Interesting. You made it personal. There we go. I think these are both very good arguments because when we went into this, I was like, Lady Tremaine, what makes her really special? But I think Amy hits it on the head when she's like, she doesn't have any magic. There's nothing particularly special about her. She's just such a cold nasty bitch that she dominates this character who actually does have access to magic throughout the entire movie basically and she almost gets away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids um whereas Cruella Deville well she kills puppies because she wants to wear furs and, and that's terrible that's and terrible. she runs people off the road with her car <laughs> I have to say I actually give her points for that because I feel like we could use a little bit more of that today but you're not um, so tough without your car <laughs> <laughs> um but for me um if I have to choose between the two of them it's hard this is a hard one because like Lady Tremaine's giving me that cold hard B Arthur energy that yes I, yes right mm-hmm. and I I think that um Cruella is giving me that like Liza Minnelli um absolutely out of her mind Lucille 2 type of thing this is hard Michael where are you so when you put these two together they actually make the perfect Disney bipolar villain for me mm. is that Cruella is so manic that she is like this absolutely active villain whereas Lady Tremaine and honestly, for most of our lives, we all just referred to her as the evil stepmother. Lady Tremaine was not a name that we actually used for her. Sure. 
she is just this more like de- passive villain to me. She gives the she originates back in when the fifties that this was made. She makes the original resting bitch face on screen. Yes. For mm. us. And like I, I absolutely see where everybody is coming for this, but hands down, in terms of overall Disney villains, it's gotta be Cruella DeVille. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's I think, go ahead, Bob. I think with Lady Tremaine, she's measured, right? I think there's a predictability to what she may do in certain circumstances. I think Cinderella should have been able to catch on to her a little bit more as to some of the terrible things. Oh, go up to your room and, and go grab this. Oh, I'm gonna lock you in it. Like, duh, Cinderella. Right. She's a deranged one. bitch that's exactly. gonna do that to you. Get right? It together, where, right. Where there's this unpredictability to me, there's an unpredictability to Cruella. Like, you don't know what she's gonna do. She could fly off the handle, she could slap you across the face or throw her drink in your face i would love that (laughs) but like i think the unpredictability to me is scarier it's more frightening it's like gosh i I don't know what the hell could happen here versus sitting next to a bitch who i know is gonna you know shank me the the next second she can right you know go ahead michael and i was gonna just throw in there with with the attempt to humanize her even in the disney cruella that was just released you know she still comes across as like absolutely like batshit crazy even in this attempt to to kind of humanize her i just picture that a, a, an attempt to like humanize like do a lady tremaine film which i think that they're in in um like trying to develop and everything it doesn't seem to me that it would be nearly as exciting as the cruella film i i will give you that and and i just want to say because again i came into this bracket with descendants in my head because i really do think that disney has laid this out for us very well Mm -hmm. and for that reason cruella whose son is one of the main characters in descendants Mm. um i do think takes precedence over lady tremaine but for me personally lady tremaine she even makes cats evil. Like they have, she pins the cat against the dog. She makes cats evil. She makes stepsisters evil. She makes stepmothers evil. I think she's just a terrible, terrible person. So maybe I'm just scarred personally. I she's... thought you were talking about Cats the movie there for a second. <laughs> no. Nobody talks about that. We I thought she was talk talking about, about Aristocats. Um, <laughs> she's no, a messy. Actual, yeah, the cat. Yeah, she's a messy she a bitch who cat. lives for drama, and I love that about her. I love that journey for her. So Bob actually made me realize uh, I was comparing Cruella to Liza Minnelli, but in fact, what she is is the female Joker. That that's what Cruella mm, is. I give you that. That's great. Reference. And so I think for that and that chaos she brings, there's really no other Disney villain that does that. And so for that reason, I'm going to give my vote to Cruella. But these were both very good arguments, and, I, and I'm very grateful to our panel for, for giving to it. I believe that's three for Cruella, one for Lady Tremaine. Sorry, Amy. Okay. Uh, next up, 2C Gaston from Beauty and the Beast seeks to prove that nobody's as bad as Gaston by sending Dr. Facilier from The Princess and the Frog, a six seed, to the other side. Does anyone Loa Key support Facilier advancing here, Amy? I'm very torn on this one. And I, I, like I can, I can go either way, but Dr. Facilier is also just another example of true evil. He takes no prisoners. He's ready to take anybody down in his mission to, to take, you know, to, to take down the big white guy. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Like he's, he does have magic. He takes his, black magic and 
creates this whole world that is very scary. I mean, it it's a very fun movie, Princess and the Frog, and the music is great. But this whole, if you're not familiar with, um, you know, the, the witch stuff, um, that the black magic, like, it's a scary thing for kids. And I think that they do it in a very fun way. And he sings and he's got his shadow behind him. Um, so I, I, this one is, is tough for me because also back to descendants, Dr. Facilier, um, does his daughter is, is in the movie, but so is Gaston's son. So I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to let this one go if everyone else goes for Gaston, but, um, Dr. Facilier's voodoo, you know, is, is, I think deserves to be recognized. He does. He is a genuinely threatening villain. I just, um, in terms of the overall pantheon, Gaston, and, and maybe this is me being where I'm coming from, but I think Gaston has made more of an impact than Facilier has. I don't think that he has, um, that Princess and the Frog is fairly recent, and I don't think it has as much uh, of it, it's not as embraced as Beauty and the Beast was. But even then, yes, he was using evil magic to get to, you know, to take down the man, which I'm 100% on board with, by the way. Go for it. Um, but Gaston is the man. So who's the bigger villain? <laughs> like the one mm-hmm. he's trying to take down, right? Um, Gaston is basically misogyny writ large. And yeah. what's, what's a bigger villain than that? <laughs> Bob, where are you? Um, I'm with Gaston. I mean, in this case, if if a villain's going to be able to flood my basement like that, mm-hmm. I'm totally going to stick with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael? So when I did my original picks for this, I did not have Facilier or Gaston advance. I went with the losers from bracket one. Um, so I didn't have a horse in this race to begin with. But I will have to say that like Amy's impassioned defense of Facilier in in round one that you can hear on the Patreon site for us is really compelling. And I've ne- like, okay, yeah, Gaston as a physical creature, yeah, I had the hots for him just like any gay boy in the 90s did too. Um, but, and even though the Princess and the Frog isn't as widely, you know, sh- embraced as beauty and the beast is it's still a great film and i actually think that facilier is a scarier villain um overall than gaston is because gaston is nothing more than an alpha bro like that's been given some time on the screen and Um, i would argue and and just again gaston incredible character and i'm sorry to interrupt you but gaston is an incredible character in disney however you could also make the argument that the beast is kind of the villain in that movie and Gaston is fighting the beast oh, like oh, and so you have two bad dudes Welcome mm, to Amy, my round three debate. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to my round three debate because I, you could make the argument that the Beast is a villain. You could also make the argument that, frankly, Bella is the villain of Beauty and the Beast. So we're going to get into old that. Maurice. <laughs> <laughs> that okay, man who, that, who makes syndrome the, stuff going the on there. I'm good. Exactly. Marie, the baguettes. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go with Amy on this one, and I am going to vote for Facilier. Yeah. That is okay. We would be tied, and in mm. ties in 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 a episode with that has seeds, the higher seed wins, which would be Gaston because he's a. Right, two I seed. understand that, but I still think that people need to, people need to embrace beauty. I mean, uh, Princess and the Frog, and re- give that a good rewatch. 
I think yeah, that's correct. Absolutely. And 100%. I'm hoping when they do the redo of um, Splash Mountain and they make it the mm. Princess and the Frog ride, it will help to bring that audience to a wider audience, that audience to a wider audience, that movie to a wider <laughs> audience, um, because I don't think it got the credit that it deserved. I, no, I agree with that completely. Um, Can yeah. I just interject a really funny story for one second? Absolutely. <laughs> We'll I just want to. I just want to tell you all that my daughter, who is turning six, recent just heard this weekend in the car. She heard the "Be Our Guest" song once again. You know, she's heard it a million times, and she goes, "Oh, I get it now." And I said, "What do you get, honey?" And she goes, "Bell is their guest. They've. She's like a <laughs> guest, a guest at the Beast's Hotel." And I was like, "Eh, <laughs> not quite there." Yeah, kind of like a guest. And she was like, yeah, it's like a guest at the restaurant. And I'm like, okay, all right, We'll come sure. back to that when you're older. Yeah. <laughs> a guest who can't leave. A guest at Hotel California. <laughs> so, so again, is guest on the villain or is it the beast or maybe it's the candlestick? Who knows? But- who knows? Once you check in, you never check out. That's right. You can check in, but you can never leave. Or check out, but you can never leave. All right. So we are going to advance Gaston. Uh, moving on, we have another unanimous victory, as one seed Jafar from Aladdin didn't need any magic to dispose of a different kind of urchin, five seed Sid from Toy Story. Michael, you're a teacher. Talk about Sid and the appeal of misspent youth. <laughs> oh, no. This is more than misspent youth. This is years and years of therapy that Sid is going to need to be to become an integral member of society at some point. No, I mean, I, I absolutely went for Jafar because I think that he is here. But Sid does need a say in things in that he is just twisted. And as an adolescent, he is finding inappropriate ways to um, really, like, express his emotions and those poor toys and how tortured they are. I mean, this is the kid that probably started by pulling the wings off of flies and, you know, killing ants with a mic with a a magnifying glass. And today is your um, friendly neighborhood sociopath. Mm. Um, But Sid is actually, he's the way that they portray him is actually kind of scary in this film. Um, and when we all saw original Toy Story, it was just all happy, you know, you got a friend in me, you know, all of this. And then you got Sid. This is a film that didn't necessarily need a villain. So I feel like that they put him in to give him that, 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 that pop to that every Disney film needs. It needs a villain of some sort, but this one didn't need one. And Sid really fills in that void very well when they developed that character. I, I see that. I, I hate looking at Sid in the movie. Like physically, I do not like to look at him because he creeps me the fuck out. Mm-hmm. And in, in terms of the character that like destroys the toys, I mean, that is my older brother. Hello, Brian. You'll never listen to this. But like <laughs> the similarities between the two of them are um, a little too close to home for me. So I'm so delighted that he's leaving the bracket in a unanimous victory. See you in hell. Um, finally, in round two, a battle of women who pay close attention to manners. Three quarters of us want to seed Maleficent from Sleeping Beauty to keep us under her spell. While Michael isn't playing, he wants three seed Queen of Hearts from Alice in Wonderland to take the throne. Michael, explain why hearts suit you, while Amy argues why male should keep dragging our hearts around. I'm going to have Michael go first. I know I'm not going to win this, but like, not only like, so when it comes to the Queen of Hearts, not only is she just like a fantastic maniacal character where we look at the source material itself and, you know, um, Lewis Carroll's drug induced exploration of Wonderland and everything. He was on drugs? 
I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, if anybody didn't know that before this, please go back and reread your like Carol biographies. Because <laughs> um, literally, I think he was on, you know, more drugs than most rockers in the 60s were. Um, straight tripping, boo. Oh, he was. Um, but the development of the Queen of Hearts as a character and literally a homicidal character Um which I think that she's the first, and I, I, and I'm not 100 sure about this, but I think she's really the first truly violent um, villain that we have. Not where it like builds up and builds up, and like then there's this big final battle in the end. But the Queen of Hearts, right from the beginning, and that's why I chose my quote as the intro. It's like off with her heads. That is where she starts, and like she gives us that eleven the entire way through her entire <laughs> performance. There is no variation in her whatsoever. And, um, you know, poor Alice trying to figure it all out. Well, that's another story. Um, but like, I just think the Queen of Hearts is very underrated as this Disney character. I also just like the Queen of Hearts is just very personal to me as well. You know, when I'm like 13 years old and Alice in Wonderland is the first play that I do on stage and my best friend was the Queen of Hearts. And I was the Griffin, and it was a whole thing and everything. But it, she just has a personal place in my heart as well. And I needed to make sure that she got some, like, some say in this and everything. Like the first round was not necessarily a, a big thing because it was her up against Syndrome from The Incredibles, which I think was an easy win for the most part. But up against um, Maleficent, Maleficent, it's a hard one. But I, I, I am here for the Queen of Hearts. Um, and Joanna, you'll never hear this, but you are still my Queen of Hearts. Oh, that's very sweet. Um, Amy, well, before I go any further, Bob, are you going to vote for Maleficent here? I am not. You're not going to vote for Maleficent here. Wait, what? Bob? Okay. All right. Amy, go <laughs> ahead then, because I want I want to hear this. Amy, go first. Okay, then... Amy I'm flabbergasted. Letting, I'm, I'm letting everybody know that like this, I'm, I'm out. Like I'm going to, I'm going to leave the podcast. if this <laughs> so, um, so let's just start with the word maleficence. It is actually the act of committing harm or evil. It is a harmful or evil act. Maleficent, the character is evil personified. She is, they, they, they went into this and they were like, well, what's the worst thing we can call her? We can call her evil. She is evil. <laughs> so she is ruthless. She's dark. She's, I mean, physically dark. She has horns. I mean, she's terrifying to look at. Um, and girl didn't get invited to a party. <laughs> <laughs> And, and took everybody down. She put them to like. She was like, "I'm gonna set a curse because I wasn't at a party." I evil. She is awful. She makes you think about who you're inviting to your next function. Like, I, I mean, even just the the concept of like what she, she's gonna put her to sleep. The aurora. <laughs> Aurora lives in the woods for 16 years in fear of the girl that didn't get invited to the party. I mean, this is like the worst high school drama that's ever happened. <laughs> um, Amy, I, I just do have to say that I'm having a housewarming in, in September. You're invited. <laughs> there, there you go. Right, right? Like, I mean, she, and 
I, I again, you can <clears throat> Maleficent, and I will go on and on, but um, her her sidekick is also terrifying. Diablo, this creepy, creepy bird. She's got the staff. I she is every when you think of. I mean, there's there's the evil queen, and there's like the witch, and and there's but this is to me. She's the most terrifying looking Disney villain. There's nothing comical about her. Ursula has a comical aspect of her. Cruella, we talked about, has like a crazy drag, fun, comical aspect to her. Hades is blue. That's kind of fun. They weren't messing around when they drew Maleficent. This was evil. And then when you look at any live action version of her and you look at Angelina Jolie or you, I mean, and she was, Kristen Chenoweth plays her in Descendants as an incredible. And I'm just going to say it now. If you look at Disney Descendants, Maleficent is the queen of the evil beings. They've said it out loud. I think I'm done for this round. She, she, um, the defense rests, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, Bob, hold and your ground, Bob. I, and I have my tail between my legs. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bob, you seriously were going to vote for the Queen of Hearts there? Well, I was, and I actually thank you. <laughs> but now he's terrified of me. No, Maleficent no, 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 would be no, no. very proud of you for that. No, AD. no, no. I think um, I, I thank you, Amy, for that very, very good. <laughs> Um, argument impassioned impassioned and terrifying at the same time (laughs) um you know i do think queen of hearts you know to what michael said right queen of hearts is a really good villain on top of this i think yes maleficent is evil i think queen of hearts is also inherently just very evil like she has just the inability to even be reasoned with on any level it's just she's always at an 11 like like michael said and she's there's just one thing on her mind and that's off with her head, off with her head or off with their head and decapitation's pretty scary. Right. Um, but I think, you know, Amy, Amy took, took it home for me. So I, I have to go back over to the Maleficent, Maleficent side of things because, um, you know, that is pretty savage. She didn't get invited to that party. Coward. <laughs> I, I live for the pettiness. I mean, that's where she at me. She came in with the pettiest possible reason to wreak some havoc. I'm always going to vote for that. Um, I actually disagree. I will say this. I think Queen of Hearts is an underrated Disney villain. I agree with Michael there. I think she deserves some more love. Um, but in terms of being an interesting character, to me, she's like a cartoon chipper shredder. It's just, it does like yeah. it's it's that, that same intense, aggressive energy that, I mean, I'm not going to make light of mental illness, but clearly like she's deranged. And so yes. um, to me, if there's just not much... I, it's 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 like um, dealing with a piranha more like it's dealing with an actual person. She's just out for for blood, whereas Maleficent actually has um, motives as petty as they may be. She has plans, and one of the things, and we'll get to this when we get to round three in a second, is I'm advancing at the end of the day villains that I think are actually villains, or or maybe you know it's dubious, um, but there's a reason for what they're doing, right? They have there, there's an actual like they're trying to uh, accomplish something. They have you know a multi stage plan, and do they get there? 
sometimes closer than others. <laughs> but to me, Maleficent, like she executes, baby. She comes in. She's serving a look. She puts oh. on a curse. She turns into a fucking dragon. I mean. <laughs> I, yes, exactly. Sister had a plan. She she nailed it to it. She committed. So for me, it, it's an easy vote. So that is three for Maleficent. I am glad that Michael gave Queen of Hearts her day in the sun, uh, but we are moving her along. So with that, we're actually going to take a quick break as I introduce my older brother to some wildebeests. Remember, kids, be prepared. We will be right back. Hey, Eric. So I heard, and this may be true, that you were actually the Great Pop Culture Debate's very first Patreon subscriber. (gasps) Was I? You were. You're not only a panelist, you're also a founder. Also a founder. I mean, it does give me a feeling of joy to contribute towards high quality podcasts like the Great Pop Culture Debate so that, you know, like I get swag. Yeah. What kind of swag do you get? Um, You get a button. That's the one I signed up for. Is there a tote? I feel like there should be a tote. (laughs) There's not a tote yet, but that's a great idea. I have some other ideas that I'm working on. You get access to things early. You get access to Patreon only little mini-sodes. You get to hear the warm-ups before when everyone's just kind of getting their little sea legs before they get into the main the main attraction and you get season zero you get season zero it's exactly right you will never hear the otherwise folks and there's some great episodes in that which include best madonna single best rupaul's drag race lip sync best uh 90s cartoon and the only way you can hear those is by getting a patreon sponsorship with for as low as two dollars a month then you even get season zero just for that so so thank you very much kate uh we appreciate all of our patreon sponsors and if you do have the interest, please go to patreon.com backslash great pop culture debates and support us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hey, I'm Karen. And I'm Aubrey. And this is Chicklet. A literature comedy podcast where we enjoy getting lit and talking about books that spoke to us as young adults. Yeah, book it was um, dope as fuck. Yeah, I did used book to get it. the little personal pan pizza. Yeah, just for oh my god, just for you. Yeah, nobody can take that shit, dog. <laughs> but we also cover movies with special guests, and it can get pretty crazy. I'll make a controversial statement. I will take this over Space Jam. Is that controversial? It People love Space be. Jam. We might have to. We might have to stage a fight. So if you enjoy YA fiction, that fool of a fairy, Lucinda, did not intend to lay a curse on me. She meant to bestow a gift. Boozy beverages. Little shot of Bailey's and your coffee. Coffee, pizza, and Bailey's goes together like doesn't go together. Like it doesn't go together at all. And the power of friendship. I'll be like, I bought your Christmas present. And she'll be like, what'd you get me? I have to know. <laughs> Tell me right and now. And I'm like, Henry no. Henry gets so irritated because I'm like, do you want your present now? And he's like, it's like October. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Then we're the podcast for you. 
We've been best friends for over a decade, so join in on the fun and grab a drink, y'all. January 6th at 1.15 p.m., the day that Dry January died. And we are back for round three of our best Disney villain debate. Before we get into the Elite Eight matchups, I want to ask my panel, where can people find you on social media so that they can yell at you and not just me? Amy, what are your socials? Um, my Instagram's very easy, at Amy Pilot, but that is pilot with two Ts, uh, like an airplane pilot with an extra T. Mm. It's mostly photos of my children but it depends on like how close we are to election season and then and then the vibe changes so 100 hear that adorable children yes they are adorable children (laughs) and there are some great disney photos on there too am i right oh there's a lot of disney photos there's they they come back that is my typical throwbacks uh bob how about yourself um, you can find me at DizNerdBob at pretty much any of the socially things like Twitter and Instagram, um, where you will find pretty much just reposts of great pop culture debate stuff. Yeah, and we love you for that. Thanks. And what about you, Michael? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter, but there's not a lot on Twitter. It's mostly Instagram at Therax, T-H-E-R-A-X, 329 on both platforms for you. Um, you know, I'm old, so I'm a late adopter to practically everything. Yeah, uh, and I'm right there with him. I'm also old, but you can find me at Eric Resniak on Twitter. That's E R I C R E Z as in zebra, S as in snake, and as in Nancy Y A K. Thanks, mom. Uh, and also on Instagram, or you can just message the at Great Pop Culture Debate account on Insta. If you DM me there, by the way, I will gladly send you a copy of my X-rated Gaston commission sketch. But that's only for those that are 18 <laughs> and older. Thank you very much. I'm not I even joking. It. Amazing. It's amazing, and I'm. It's one of the multiple um, incredibly filthy commission sketches I have up in our bedroom. So uh, maybe we'll. We'll reveal some of those for some of the other relevant topics. And don't forget, if you follow Great Pop Culture Debate on Twitter and on Instagram on Saturdays, you can see what all of our panelists are excited about in pop culture with our Culture Club every Saturday. That's correct. Yeah, we do it every Saturday. You learn lots of cool new things. I learn stuff from it. So check that out. So on to the matchups. Ultimate number one seed Ursula remains large and in charge, chunky yet funky, fishy but not squishy, as she feeds two seed Captain Hook to that infernal ticking crocodile. Uh, Anyone changing their votes there or is it still unanimous in favor of Ursula? Michael? It's the sea witch for me. And how about you, Amy? Yeah, I'll stick with her. She's fun. And Bob? If I argued that Cruella was drag excellence, this is drag supremacy. So I'm going, I'm going to stick with Ursula. Absolutely. We're going to save all those uh, those heady Ursula debates until we get to the final round, I think. Um, I will say this for Hook. I mentioned this briefly in the previous round that while the Disney animated version of him, which is what we're judging, is lovely and delightful, I do want to give a shout out to not just Dustin Hoffman and Hook, who's legitimately terrifying, but Christopher fucking Walken in the NBC live musical version, (laughs) which was a tour de force of (laughs) crackery. Like, I can't even the only good part of that whole terrible production was Christopher Walken just mugging every second of it. And I'm grateful for it. Doing so. his best Christopher Walken. It's Seriously. Good, yeah. Christopher fucking Walken. Yeah. Christopher Walken as Christopher Walken as Captain Hook. That's what it was. <laughs> um, we are not unanimous in the next matchup as three quarters of the panel continued to take pride in one seed Scar while I am going old school with three seed Evil Queen from Snow White. Uh, I'm going to go first. Who would like to speak on behalf of Scar here? 
Wait, I just want to say, I'm not sure that I'm Scar here. Oh, good. Okay, great. Come to my dark side. I love it. Uh, who does want to speak for Scar? Is it Bob? I can speak on Scar. Speak on um, it. You know, I. this is a really good pair, pair up, right? You have Evil Queen. She's like the OG, right? She's the original scary villain. Um, but, you know, Scar is kind of next level. There is a certain point of the film where Scar is successful in his quest. Evil Queen is never successful in hers. She tries and tries and tries. Um, but Scar wins um, after he kills Mufasa um, and Simba is driven away by him. He More had, like Bufasa. That's yeah, on the he has rule over, over Pride Rock. And, um, you know, he's obviously a very Shakespearean villain. You know, obviously it's the Lion King. So um, he has high intelligence. He's incredibly smart. Um, he's really, for most of his life, he's really playing the long game here. He's super patient, super calculating. It's very scary. He may not be like the most threatening villain physically. He's not at all. Um, but really somebody so calculating and so manipulative and just so smart, um, which you can see in everyday life as well, um, is really scary um, over the evil queen who just wants to kill the other pretty girl <laughs> which again you know my how much i love pettiness um scar is a great villain and i'm not going to say anything against him because he's terrific if i had to compare him to other pop culture villains i would compare him to emperor palpatine from star wars because as bob correctly pointed mm -hmm. out dude had a long game and he was actually successful like he got the job done he was terrible once he got what he wanted but it, does that matter you still achieved your goal kudos to you lisa like uh, I, I stand by that in terms of the evil queen though i can't knock her down because she is the first and in my opinion she's still one of the scariest um i was talking about in the previous round how maleficent commits to a look but my girl the evil queen commits to a <laughs> look she was going for that meryl streep charlize theron nicole kidman oscar by going full-on hag and like you couldn't clock her you couldn't clock her um and we have had other st evil stepmothers on this list but none of them actively tried to murder their stepdaughters because they thought they were too pretty i mean that's really evil and i i think it's great i i think also the design of evil queen is peerless like uh, there is something that's very chic about her but still instantly you know this is a bad bitch and i think she's a great character i would love to see them do more with her in the disney universe i mean we're coming up on the 100th anniversary of snow white they've got to be planning something and I know she was a main character in Once Upon a Time, and I actually really like that actress. But um, I think she's great. It's just, is she better than Scar? Amy, do you have anything to add there? Scar is really scary because he's a lion and he kills his brother. Um, but Evil Queen, you know, this goes to along with my same <laughs> argument about Maleficent. Like, this is, this is pettiness. Like, she wants to be the most beautiful in the land and she's going to kill for it. So that's scary. It's showgirls. Uh, it's showgirls, right? Scar, yeah. Scar is a greater threat threat to, to more, right? Like he's th a threat to an entire, you know, ecosystem, country, really ecosystem. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Right. Like he, there's a scene in that movie that makes you just, that you just look at is like, okay, there's Hitler. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, it, evil queen just again it comes down to that 
she's prettier than me, so I need to kill her. It's, it's very Lifetime original movie, like Mother, <laughs> May I Sleep with Danger, that sort of thing. Or, you know, she would kill a, kill somebody to get her daughter on the cheerleading squad. Yes. You know, that sort of thing. That's exactly but, who she is. It's Meredith Baxter <laughs> Bernie. Yes. 100, 100%. The Betty Broderick story right here, right now. Oh, Michael. Long Island Lolita. <laughs> Michael, what about you? So I am... I'm going to refute something that Bob said before. He's like that um, Scar actually achieves his goal for a short time and the evil queen does not. But I mean, the ultimate goal is that she's the queen. That's her goal. She wants to queen and she wants to stay the queen. That's why she does need to kill Snow White, you know, but Scar does kill Mufasa. Um, very Shakespearean, very Hamlet-ish kind of thing going on there. But the the personalities of them when you think about it, when you people ask for a Disney villain, I think that more people are overall going to come up with Scar over the evil queen. Um, you know, we get this Disney renaissance and, you know, um, Lion King comes along in 94. It's kind of one of the first, like, kind of true-ish uh, stories that they do. They do based on Shakespearean. I mean, The Little Mermaid is obviously based on the Hans Christian Andersen story. Um, Beauty and the Beast has been based on a French fairy tale and everything like that. Um, Aladdin is kind of the same, but it does come out of a, a different storyline. But The Lion King is really a more, it may be formulaic in a lot of Disney ways, but it is a bit more of an original story for us, um, even though you get that those Shakespearean overtones for it. Um, I am going to stick with Scar on this one, because um, I think that he is definitely the scarier of the two in terms of like just like personality wise is there's that there is that narcissism that's there the the martyr that he plays against his older brother who stole everything from him and he really is smarter than everybody else and should be in charge i feel that personally on an everyday basis so that actually makes me lean towards gar but uh so that's amy are you sticking with me on evil queen yeah i'm gonna go evil queen Okay, it, it's still ultimately we have a two and two, a split, which means we go with a higher seed, and, and Scar is a one seed. Evil Queen is a three. Okay, so fine. I think that Scar, well, I don't think, I know that Scar is going to advance there. Next up, one of them loves fur, and the other is naturally covered in it. It's two seed Gaston from Beauty and the Beast versus one seed Cruella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians. Um, I am so eager to talk about Gaston. I've been kind of holding on to that for a while, but would anyone like to say anything more about Cruella, who we've discussed at length at this point, I think? Again, I, I'm just going to point out that in this case, I think that Cruella is still the more actively engaged villain where she's got a point of view. She wants to go for it. She's not really driven any outs by any outside forces other than her own desire to have a fur coat made out of Dalmatian fur, whereas Gaston is more of a reactive villain, like, oh, here I see my opportunity, but the beast is really the one driving his overall personality and his overall response to everything. Cruella is truly a more original Disney villain when it comes down to it. It's a good argument, Michael. She she understands fashion and she's willing to kill for it. So, you know, um, she's modeled on Tallulah Bankhead. I think that's an interesting little factoid about her. But yeah, I think I've argued on her quite a bit. Um, but let's hear what you have to say about Gaston first to see how, if I need to, if any of us need to argue a little bit harder for Cruella. I am curious, Amy, where are you coming down on this right now? Um, 
I'm probably gonna. I'm I'm leaning Cruella <laughs> just because I'm still not convinced that Gaston's entirely the villain in Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> um, but I'm 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 open minded. Okay, uh, no, and Eric, here's just the- make sure you go slow so the audio crew can bleep out anything that you're about to say. <laughs> it's okay. This is a blue show. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, I I am okay if Gaston goes out at Elite Eight because I think he's had a good run, and You'll I actually him. exactly I don't disagree that if we're talking about active villains versus reactive villains. You got to go Cruella here. But here's my argument on Gaston. Gaston being the villain at all is actually pretty progressive for Disney. In earlier Disney movies, he probably would have been cast as the hero, right? Like Mm -hmm. the strong, chiseled, strong guy coming in to save the damsel in distress. And the fact that he's basically shown very clearly in the movie as being a total dick and the type of guy that women should be afraid of and that... Every community should reject. It's actually really bold, I think. And again, that's part of that Disney Renaissance where it was a, a whole different way of telling stories. Um, he is now getting his own prequel series on Disney Plus. I understand that we can't technically think that into consideration yet because we don't know what's going to be. But I do think that um, Disney pays close attention to which of its villains are the most interesting from marketability standpoints. And I'm not surprised that they're going that way with Gaston. Of course, it's a draw because Cruella already had her biopic, right? Um, I have a very strong affinity for Gaston, who was released just as I was coming into my psychosexual development. And it set me on a path of dating terrible, terrible men for literally decades. (laughs) And so I I can't turn my back on him now um, because he made me make so many awful choices and uh, none of which I regret. Uh, There is that great slideshow that you can find if you Google it, reasons why Belle should have picked Gaston that like goes through all of his many wonderful (laughs) qualities. Like he has a flair for decorating. Um, He is uh, very much on an egg-based protein diet. So, you know, he he, he takes care of his body. Body. Um, but ultimately, I would argue that is Gaston the, the villain of Beauty and the Beast? You could make an argument that Belle is the villain of Beauty and the Beast. She's this stuck up, condescending girl who <laughs> thinks that she's better than everybody else in her podunk town. And then she gets kidnapped and is held against her will. And she's like, yeah, that's the guy for me. <laughs> like, what are we teaching our young ladies? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Mm-hmm. And that's my rant on Gaston. So, uh, did I change anyone's mind? I'm going to guess no. Not <laughs> no. But Gaston reminds me of a story oh where I was at Walt Disney World recently with Eric Resniak, <laughs> and we were getting into line at Toy Story Mania, and the employee of Disney that was working there saw a gentleman walk by without his mask on. This is COVID times, people walked by without his mask on and he asked the customer or excuse me, the guest to say, excuse me, sir, you just need to put your mask up or whatever. And that man went from zero to 100 on the rageaholic scale and started berating that poor employee um, right then and there. And um, I had to stop and I had to thank the employee after he he got yelled at, but that's Gaston. That's that's scary. And that's scary because you can go from zero to 60, zero to a hundred in, in a mere second. But you know, when it comes to um, this matchup, you know, it's got to be Cruella for me. She's um, more of the villain, more of the more of the crazy, the crazy bitch. <laughs> so there you have it. I respect it. And so anyone uh, uh, switching, Amy, you're with Cruella? I'm going to advance Cruella here. Okay. And Michael, does it matter? Is she going to advance either way? She's advancing either way. Okay. Yep. Okay, great. So then I'm uh, maybe I abstain, but okay, fine. And Michael, you're Cruella? 
Cruella. All right. So for our final round three matchup, we have a lot of similarities. They both use magic. They both have staffs. They both went super cyan and they both got taken out by jumped up twinks. It's two seed Maleficent versus one seed Jafar. And we are evenly split on this one. I will hear arguments. I know. So Michael, where are you coming down on this one? Oh God. This one's kind of hard actually when it comes down to it. But I think that, um, I think Jafar kind of really put the like gold digging Matt evil mastermind on the Disney Renaissance as like the, really, this is his stamp on it. And, you know, I, 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 I appreciate Maleficent and yes, yes, I know her, her name means evil. Amy is going to be all over that again. Um, but I think that in this case, um, I'm going to be on team Jafar for this one. Okay. And what about you, Bob? It's tough. I leaned Jafar when, before we, we started, right. And, you know, Amy's argument in the previous round was was so good, and it made me appreciate Maleficent even more. I think that the Maleficent movies, um, the live action movies, kind of diminished her a little bit in my in my mind when when it comes to being a villain. I think they they hurt her. Mm. Um, so Amy's argument, thank you so much for that. Really, kind of reminds you why she's such a good villain. But I think they're both from an from a villainous perspective, I think they're both pretty equal, but I find Jafar a little bit more entertaining to watch. I find, I find him more visually interesting. I find him more um, just, yeah, visually interesting to, to watch and, and to, to see play out. And there's a little bit more of, there's more story happening there with him. There's more interactions with more characters. He, he has to kind of think within the moment to maneuver him way, his, his, his way through specific challenges that Aladdin puts him up against when it comes to, um, you know, he didn't expect Prince Ali to come in to um, into the to the palace at that moment, right? He thought he was like a shoe in to be able to just manipulate the the, the Sultan into letting him marry um, Jasmine. So he has to kind of think on his feet a little bit, and I kind of like that in a villain. Um, they're calculating, but you know, they're able to kind of move up, uh, turn on a dime when it comes to any sorts of of kind of bumps in the road when it comes to their plan. So I think I lean Jafar a little bit on this. So I'm going to vote Jafar. That's an interesting argument. Don't be afraid. She doesn't know where you live. (laughs) Yet. Uh, That is an interesting argument that he has more ability to pivot and problem solve. I actually think they're really similar in a lot of ways. I really do. Like when I did that intro, it was occurring to me that like really they're kind of like two sides of the same character. Um, I'm airing still on the side of i think you wouldn't have jafar if you didn't have maleficent um she's one of the ogs um she is not as entertaining as jafar you 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 got me there but i think as a villain she's more arch she has more um of a menacing presence to her just naturally um and so i'm going with maleficent there amy do you have anything to add I would just, I would build upon the fact that you wouldn't have Jafar. Like 1959, the fact that Maleficent stands her ground, I mean, in my opinion, demolishes, but like stands ground against the the Disney Renaissance, the Ursulas. I mean, that came so far after her, well beyond the, the you know, she was created simply as the villain. Um and all of these other characters, when you look at Ursula, Jafar, we talked about them having 
you know, a, a presence where you had to, you wanted to like them. <clears throat> Maleficent is strictly there as a villain. She stands as the villain. She is the most evil villain. She is the mistress of evil um, and declares herself so multiple times. So um, I, you know, I, again, I'm I'm out if if this doesn't go. Who is the real villain of this podcast? <laughs> I ask you. I, I will own it. I I I stand. I stand for Maleficent. So here's the bad news, Amy. Um, I don't no, think. No, 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 no. I know, Bob. I don't think Bob or Michael are going to change their vote. Is that accurate? I'm not, Bob. Where are we? Are we split right now? Even we're split. We are even two two. Shit. Jafar is a one seed. Maleficent is a two seed. Oh, that's shocking to me. That's shocking to me as well. And I actually think Bob pointed out correctly that Maleficent was hurt by the movies with Angelina Jolie, which humanized her, which made her less overall threatening before she had a level of mystique to her that I feel like those movies took away. Um, when they gave her the wicked treatment, essentially. Guys, she conjured a forest. She made a forest of thorns. Of thorns. <laughs> and she turned, and when you talk about like her turning into the dragon versus Jafar turning into the big snake, which one is more threatening? To me, easily dragon. Easily. And she has a daughter who also can become a dragon. Non-canon. I think actually technically descendants are canon, aren't they? I mean, this, this, not for this podcast. This that's is animated true. For only. The animated only. That's fair. So she got it on with Hades. So this right. reminds me of a story. <laughs> so at Walt Disney World, I wasn't there, but the Maleficent dragon at one point caught on yes. fire at Walt Disney yes. World yes. and was out of commission for months and months and months. She couldn't even come back from that. Just saying. <laughs> I think if anything, that shows you who pure evil is. Who can take <laughs> down Disney World? Maleficent. <laughs> Does Jafar even have a float? No. Jafar, I don't even think is, he's on a float. He, he, he has. He is. He, he absolutely is. In the he, parade. He is in the boot to you parade. He is in the boot to you parade on the Halloween party. That's lot- only the Halloween party. Maleficent no, is-, is there year round. Amy, he has been in the regular three o'clock fine, parade fine, as well. Fine, fine, he, fine. He is one of the few at the the villains mix and mingle at the, Hall- <laughs> the Halloween party. <laughs> he is one of the few. Maleficent is there too. And so is the Queen of Hearts Thank and you. Oogie Boogie. Like there's a, a small section of these villains that get to do part of the villains mix and mingle, as they call it, during the, the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween party. Let's hope they please bring that back at some point. Oh my God, I want to um, go. But anyway, so... This is I don't the think that of, helps the argument one way or the other, but I'm just saying. This is the type of excellent insider knowledge that I was really looking for on this podcast. So thank you all for, for giving me that. So Bob, it really comes down to you. I will make a last minute as Jafar can pivot. I can also pivot to the argu- leaning to the argument of Maleficent being an OG, Maleficent being somebody that paves the way for something to happen in the future. Um does Jafar improve upon that? I would argue in many ways, yes, I think he does. But I think there is something truly evil about Maleficent that, uh, and being that OG villain that really kind of puts it, stacks it in her column a little bit more um, to be able to say, Jafar, you wouldn't be here without her. So I will go with Maleficent. That's excellent. I'll Venmo you now. Thanks. <laughs> Howard, look at her Instagram. She's not that scary. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she cackles on cue so there you go 
with that, we're going to roll right on to our final four. So I always like to take a step back at this point and see how do we get here? Do I think it's the right group? We have Ursula versus Scar, one seed, one seed. Cruella versus Maleficent, one seed, two seed. I do think this is the right, the correct final four. I do point out that most of these are coded as queer or can be seen as queer, which I think is a quintessential aspect of Disney villains, especially early in Disney. I don't think it was intentional, but I do think that there is an element of that 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 you can't deny. You don't think Ursula was intentional? Oh, Ursula, absolutely, but I don't consider her to—I don't consider her to be an early Disney villain. Oh, got you. I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I, 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 I live in a very different world. Wait, what? You don't see them as quoted as queer? Maybe just, I mean, maybe Ursula and Cruella, I could see. Oh, but Scar? Scar is Scar? super effeminate. Oh, Scar, absolutely. Absolutely. That queen had a swish. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I'd like to point out, Eric, because I think this is really telling too, is that on the left-hand bracket, we have two Disney Renaissance films and on the right black, oh, two classic films. Yes, I think, and I think that's correct, honestly. I think this I is a very good final four. I agree. So with that being said, and and Amy, we can talk more about how we think that like a Scar and Maleficent are coded as queer if you want, but let's dig right into this. Ursula versus Scar. I'm going to go around the horn. Bob, which one are you picking first? Ursula against Scar. I would have to go and say that that would be Ursula. Scar is probably meaner, but Ursula is the better character. So Ursula. Michael. Nice to see Amy made a good decision this time, but Ursula, yes. Okay, so that is unanimous for Ursula. I guess we're going to save our Ursula debates until the actual final battle, which I kind of saw coming. Uh, Cruella versus Maleficent. I'm going to start with Michael. Cruella. Oh, he's doing that just to piss off Amy, by the way. No, I'm not. I, I, I am not. Well, okay, yeah, I'm a little pissed at how far this has gone and everything with Amy. <laughs> <laughs> but no, in, hand, hands down, Cruella is the better Disney villain over Maleficent. And I am not going to hear any more of that crap that she's going to peddle. Okay. All right. Uh, Bob. I was really excited to finally be paired with Amy on one of these debates. (laughs) I've waited so very long for my, my long lost Disney friend to join me on a podcast. But but he's I, about to end our relationship. Is that what I'm, <laughs> what I'm about to guarantee? It will never happen again, and I'm going to have to go with Cruella on this. Thank you, Bob. You know she is an OG as well, um, and I'm going to go back to the unpredictability piece when it comes to this pair. This pair, I just think she's scarier on a day to day basis than Maleficent is. I you know I get Maleficent. She's evil. That's her name. Um, but the it's so unpredictable with Cruella. I just I I never know what I'm going to get. And this old bag in a coat is scarier to you than a woman who can turn into a fucking dragon. Yes, absolutely. A dragon that puts an entire kingdom to sleep. She literally puts everyone to sleep. Like Cruella doesn't like puppies. I get it. She's a. Oh my god. I will not hear any more of this. I'm going, to, I'm going to move on. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. We are now down to the final four. And I think all of these characters have had a good run. Amy, I'm sure you're team Maleficent, right? I, I mean, a thousand percent. I personally believe, and I really do mean this, that I think the people listening to this are going to be looking at this match and being like, I don't even understand how this is a question. It is Maleficent. But 
That's fine. I gave you the socials for both Bob and Michael, and I want to encourage you to yell at them because I don't want to get yelled at anymore. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I, I, you guys have your, your strong opinions, and I think, Amy, you can give yourself a clap on the back for a job very well done. Thank you. Because you have argued her to Final Four, and she almost went out like two rounds I ago. I know, yeah. So that, to me, is uh, proof that you know you can make a difference on the great pop culture debate, right? Um, but I'm not going to sit there and, and argue if they really do believe in Cruella is the higher seed here. She's a one. I do think that that recency bias is coming into play here because at the time that we were doing the voting for this poll, Cruella, the movie was getting highly promoted. It was about to come out. I don't think it was well received in general, but, uh, it was about to come out. Um, both of these ladies had actually, uh, I would say, uh, problematically received solo movies. So there you go. Um, but I I will go ahead and relent and give it to Cruella for a final two of Ursula versus Cruella, mostly because it's going to make this a real slam dunk kids. Um, (laughs) and I think we could sit here and argue till the cows come home between Ursula and and Maleficent. But when it comes to Ursula and Cruella, I don't even see how it's a contest. I'm going to go, uh, Bob first. Where are you on this? Oh no, come back to me. Okay. Uh, Michael. I started last time, but fine. I'm like, these are two very, very good Disney villains in the end. And I love them both immensely. But in my little gay boy heart, it is going to be Ursula. Amy. Wasn't she supposed to quit at this point? I, I, I almost, I almost just left. But um, (laughs) Disney, Disney disagrees with us. Mal is the queen of, but okay, moving on. It's Ursula. It's Ursula and Bob. I'm going to have to give this one to Ursula. Okay. But we haven't even discussed her. So we have to right. actually <laughs> Exactly. So why do we think that Ursula has basically skated through this entire um, podcast with that, with literally like no serious competition. And if I have to think about villains that are obviously evil, in their plans, check for Ursula. If I think about villains that are incredibly entertaining to watch, check for Ursula. I think about villains that actually achieve their goals, check for Ursula. I think about villains that are fabulous. Like this is a full figured lady feeling her oats. I don't know if they have oats under the sea, but she's feeling whatever it is that they have. Um, And she doesn't underestimate the importance of body language, right? So for me, in all seriousness, though, like she has one of the all time best villain songs like ever. I don't think any that you can can. Is there a better mm-hmm. one? Let me put it that way. Is there a better mm-hmm. villain song that anyone can think of? I think be prepared is not a terrible song. I was no. going to say be prepared comes a very very close second, but it it never lives up to to Ursula. No, um, I just think she has she's patterned off of Divine, and that's I mean if you yes. if you need that level of, <clears throat> of gay coding, it's right there. But you could also make the very, and I made this argument when I was at the Disney parade, the first time I was at Disney world and Ariel came by on her float. And I was like, you had a contract, you had a contract. It was legally binding. And you decided that you didn't like the terms and you got your daddy to come in and try to, to scuttle it. That is not the way things work. You, you made a, an agreement. And so who really is the bad guy here? Right. I think Ursula got screwed. She had, she Titan. was entitled Titan. 
We don't um, know what happened to her. She used to live at the palace, and we don't even know why she doesn't live at the palace anymore. Where's that biopic, right? Yeah, yeah. where like that's where, the interesting backstory. We need an <laughs> Ursula origin story. I I will agree with that because King, th- there's something going on there, and there was clearly a falling out. We don't know anything about Ariel's mom. Like, we <clears> need <throat> to know what went down. Like, where and, is mm-hmm. that story? Right. Mm-hmm. But, but I think that one thing well, that you referred to earlier, Eric, is that like Ursula just kind of sailed through. When I go back and I look at all of the original brackets, like if Ursula had been placed in any other bracket, the only one is the D bracket where she might have had some fight. But I think every other bracket, she would have just sailed right through until the final, just like she did in anything else. She is a perfectly constructed villain. Like she ticks off all the boxes for me. And I yes. don't think it's a coincidence that Ursula is the first villain of the Disney Renaissance, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think she, to me, because Ariel's Ariel. And I understand like little girls love her. I get it. But like Ursula to me is as much a part of the success of that particular movie as Ariel herself is because she's so compelling. And like, Honestly, even when I was a kid, I was kind of rooting for her. And I hated watching her death scene, by the way. Her death scene is really traumatic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, true. getting impaled on the bow of that ship, yeah. Yeah, I mean, now I love to get impaled on a Saturday night. But at, th- th- at that time, it was very upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, to me, it's easy. Amy, are you acceptable of this, of this unanimous decision for Ursula? I, I mean... If Maleficent's not there, my my final two were Ursula and Maleficent. I so, think mine were two. Um, yeah, but then who did you advance between the two I, of them? Maleficent. <laughs> of course. Maleficent all the way. I mean, one night, one like, the entire time. Yeah. Yep. I have I have nothing. I, I I I'm only here for Maleficent. I have <laughs> I have nothing else to say. I mean, honestly, but um, Ursula's good. I mean, she's I think, fun, and I think she does have a daughter and descendant. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Disney knows what they have in Ursula as well. Um, you know, she, I think about going to Disney World, right? And I think, who has an audio animatronic made of them? It's not Maleficent. It's not Cruella DeVille. It's not Scar. It's Ursula. Um, and it's a, an amazing, um, amazing animatronic in, in the Disney in the uh, Little Mermaid ride that's there. Um, you know, I think that they, they utilize her... Um, in a lot of other things um, like house of mouse and things like that. Um, But, you know, I, I think Ursula is really, I think Eric, you said it like, she's just perfect. Yeah. Yeah. There's just nothing, there's nothing to say about her that doesn't, that's not villain. That's not perfect. That's not perfectly constructed or perfectly designed or um, thought out. So I will yeah. say, if you've ever seen the viral video of when Ursula's head fell off yes. of that animal, Oh, I love that video. Oh I love God. that video. That's so good. It's that so is amazing. terrifying. Um, and I w- also, the original, they just redid the Snow White ride in Disneyland. But I have nightmares still to this day oh God, of the <clears throat> Snow White Disneyland ride of the Evil Queen popping out and scaring the life out of me as a three-year-old. Um, that whole ride was designed to do that. It's just like she pops out of every fucking corner. <laughs> every corner of that ride was just meant to torment children. Like it was like when they didn't really know that this was going to be a family-friendly theme park. Mm-hmm. But I will say every time I go on the Little Mermaid ride, I, I kind of cross my fingers that Ursula's head will fall off. And it hasn't Same. happened yep, yet. Yep, yep, yep. Same. 
Yeah. But there you have it, folks. Our pick for the best Disney villain is Ursula the Sea Witch. Do you agree? Do you think we need a hero? Tell us how you really feel by leaving a comment on this episode at greatpopculturedebate.com or find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube. While you're there, make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so you can hear about what new debates are coming up soon, vote in open polls, and even decide which topics we tackle next. I want to say thank you so much to my panel. Uh, you may be villains, but you're always heroes to me. And thank you for listening. If you loved what you heard, please consider supporting us on Patreon, where you can get even more exclusive content and you even get episodes a whole day early. We hope you had a good one. And remember, everyone is entitled to their wrong opinion. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.